Would you like a little more foreplay in your life? I mean, specifically brain foreplay. Well then, tune in to the most dynamic host, Dr. Rick Perea, performance psychologist to professional athletes and the stars. No failure is final and no topic is off limits. It's time to get real and get your checkup from the neck up here at Brain Foreplay on Mental Monday. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Brain Foreplay, where you get your checkup from the neck up on Mental Mondays. All right, let's get this party started. You know, people, um, I'm a performance psychologist, Dr. Rick Perea, and I work all over, really, the United States. Uh, my home base is here in Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. But I've been working in performance and pro sports and um, entertainment and everyday people for quite a while now, and I love what I do. Absolutely love what I do. I build people. I fortify people. I help people be the greatest they can be each and every day. Now, we all have hiccups. We all have bumps in the road. I get it, including me. But it's not how it's not what happens in life. We have what's called a 1090 rule. Life is 10% of what happens, 90% of how we react to it. And most people have that backwards, people. They think, oh, my gosh, I went through a divorce. I lost my job. Um, I got in a car accident this morning. Hopefully you don't. Um, but they say, that's what happened. Oh, crap. Well, that's only 10% of it, people. 90% of it is how you react to that. Michael Jordan gets cut from his high school basketball team. Cut. Basically said, thank you for coming out. Goodbye. You're not good enough to make our team. So that's 10% of it. 90% of it was how he reacted to it. He became one of the greatest players to ever walk this planet after he was cut. So it's not what happens, people. It's how we react to it. So today, my, my vision and my mission and my statement is going to be around a technique we're using in performance psychology that's cutting edge. And it goes against a lot of practical explanations for performance in the past. So much of performance is based on me. I have to get better. I have to improve. I have to change my belief systems, my value systems everything to change and make improvement. Whether you're an athlete, a surgeon, a janitor, mom and dad at home, we have to improve through growth. And growth and development, the requisite of growth and development is leaving your comfort zone. So we've known performance is about me, me, me. I have to improve. But you know what? We've researched this and we found a technique that Abraham Maslow, who is one of the godfathers of psychology and developed the Maslow hierarchy of needs. And in the Maslow hierarchy of needs, it's a, it's a hierarchy that when you get your needs met step by step, only then can you go on to the next step, which the highest step is, self is self-transcendence or self-actualization. And in self-actualization, you reach your potential. You're really, you are at your best, regardless of what you do. But when Abraham Maslow passed away, his daughter went through his notes and found some research that he had developed that he had yet to publish. 
And what that research said was self-actualization actually is not the highest level of performance in his hierarchy. And now it makes perfect sense. Think of the, think of the two words, self-actualization. You're actualizing yourself, okay? That we found through his research is not the highest level. The highest level it, he developed was called, is called self-transcendence. And what that means is you go beyond self. And he stipulated that the only way that you will reach your true potential in life, regardless of what you do, is through helping others. And I repeat, through serving and helping others. What can you do every day to lift other people up, to encourage other people, to you know, be in their corner and say, we got this? Because think about it, people. When you lift other people up, when you encourage other people, your brain hears that. Your brain is listening. And your brain is sitting there saying, my gosh, let's go. Okay? I'm getting them excited. I'm excited. So you actually accomplish two tasks in one. And his research further stipulated that the only way and I repeat, the only way to reach self-actualization, your true potential, is through helping others. It's not me, me, me. It's we, we, we. And you know, I remember when I was a little kid, my mom used to say, it's better to give than receive. And I remember thinking, no way, the bull crap. I love receiving. I want gifts. And I never really believed that sentiment. But oh my gosh, is it true? Since I became a psychologist and began giving, giving my energy to people, giving my love to people, giving my help to people through my, through my expertise, my life began to grow in ways that I couldn't describe. So when we talk about self-transcendence, the first step is we have to shift our brain from a focus of self to others. I mean, it's really a mind shift. Because if we stay in this, I got to get better mode, then we're just going to focus on me, me, me. But if we focus on this other, how do I bring up the people in my office? How do I bring up the people on my team? How do I bring up the people anywhere in my ecosystems? There's two ecosystems, micro and macro. My, micro is the people you see every day, family. Macro are the people you see occasionally. What can you do every day to encourage people? I once heard Lou Holtz speak at a business symposium, and Lou Holtz won a national championship as the head coach of Notre Dame football, I believe in 1988. And what he said was, be a great communicator. Be a great communicator. Not a good communicator. Be a great communicator. And then number two, he said something I'll never forget. He said, pretend. Pretend everyone you meet has a sign around their neck that says, help me feel important today. Wow. Think about that. Help me feel important today. What would you do? How would you communicate with them? How would you leave them? We would build them. We would fortify them. So we've got to have that shift in focus from self to other. And when we really make that shift, it's amazing how the spotlight comes off of us and we begin to relax and engage other people. 
The second step of self-transcendence is you will overcome the limitations of just helping self. Let's say you play for a baseball team and you're a great shortstop and you're great in the field, you're great defense, you're great at the plate, but you got eight other guys out there in the field with you. How do you make them great? How do you encourage them? So even if you're great, you're never going to be as great as if all nine of you are great. So we always got to understand there are limitations to only working on ourselves. It, severe limitations. When I notice, like with me and my sons in our ecosystem, I have three sons, 19, 16, and 14. And when we work together, when I pick them up and I encourage them, that's when we really click as a family. When I focus on myself, it becomes a very divided home. You can feel it. So we've got to understand there are limitations to self. The, the third step is we got to find value in kindness, in true and pure kindness. I mean, because so many of us say, oh, are you happy? Are you happy in your relationship? Are you happy with your job? Well, you know what? We wait for happiness or we look for happiness. But you know what? You know how we create it? By being kind to others. Kind. Now think of that word. It's so important. How are we kind? It's kind of back to that Lou Holtz quote. Help, help me feel important today. What would you do to help your kids feel important today? Before they walk out the door. You know what, son? I'll tell you what. When I look at you, I just feel joy. When I look at you, I just see love. You know, just simple things that are true. Okay? And that's another thing we do in our society so much is we're quick to point out people's deficits. You fix your hair, son. Are you going to go outside with that, you know, your clothes looking like that? How often do we think such beautiful things like, oh, my gosh, my son is so beautiful. But do we say it? Do we say it? Or do we just think it? And we have to sometimes slow down enough to look at our son, look at our daughter, and say, my gosh, you are a beautiful human being inside and out. Kindness, true kindness, comes from within. Self-love, self-actualization, but it transcends us people. It's not about us. It's about we. It's about us. That's the way we'll perform. The fourth step is find joy in playful and good deeds. Like, do something good for someone today that's not necessarily has to be seen or observed. I used to be the psychologist for the Colorado Rockies, and I, and I won't name the players. But there were two players, two superstar players on our team at the time. And I can remember one player, um, whenever he donated money to charities, he wanted to make sure that his publicist let the public know. You know, he's donating this amount of money to this charity, make sure he knows because he was always on a public relations um, venture to make himself look good. Do you hear what I just said? Make himself look good. We had another player on that team who, who I just love. Wish I could mention by name, but I'll let it go. Um, no, I, I actually, I'll mention his name because it's, it's all good. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez. We used to call him Cargo. Um, Cinco, number five. And I'll tell you what, Cargo would donate millions of dollars to the schools in Venezuela, his home country. And, but you know what Cargo would do? 
he would tell people, he would tell his publicist, make sure nobody knows about this. I don't want people to know about this. Because it came from inside. It came from the heart. He was transcending himself. You know, when you make 18, 19, 20 million dollars a year, you might say, well, it's easy to give one million away. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. You got to understand, people, that was a sacrifice for him. But he was already transcending self. The other player was a me, me, me guy. Okay? And you know what? The other guy, his performance hasn't sustained itself. Cargo was a great player in this league probably 18, 20 years. And that's one of the reasons why, because he found joy in good deeds. The other thing we can do is laugh. You see this sign here. This isn't just here for today. I believe in laughing. I believe in laughing from the core. It's a brain tonic. Oxytocin is released in the brain when we laugh. It's the love drug. And we have to understand when we laugh, it's contagious. People see us. We have what's called mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. And those neurons in the brain, they see what other people do. And they're crying. I feel like crying. They're laughing. I feel like laughing. They're sad. I feel melancholy. So we've got to understand that laughing, good deeds, having fun is transcending self. You know, we have, we have a, a setup here at Think One, and we have music. We're always playing music in here. In fact, when, when we're not playing music, I tell our staff here, I'm going to put the music on because this office doesn't feel right without music in it. And sometimes I'll be out there dancing, and I, some of our clients are sitting in the lobby, and you can see they kind of feel uncomfortable. Some of them jump up and dance with me. One of our oldest clients, she's 92 years old. 92 years old. Every time she sees me dancing, she gets up and dances. She sings. So people, I got to help you understand. Transcend yourself and really give to others. Be a model by laughing, by dancing, good deeds, unconditional good deeds, like what Cargo does, like what there's so many millions of people every day who give of themselves. We must continue to do that. That will produce fruit in other people's lives. Fruit in other people's lives. When you transcend yourself and give to others, we will only reach our potential when we serve others. And then the last one is I call emotion of elevation. And what that means is when somebody does something good, great, man, get fired up. Say, wow. That was amazing. How often do we, we regulate our own emotions and say, okay, that was really good. But you know, inside, we're just gurgling with joy. We're gurgling with just happiness, and we don't express it because we think someone might, whoa, what, what's their trip? Where, they're, who, they're crazy. People, when you see beauty, express it. Elevate that joy. Wow, that was amazing. What you did yesterday was amazing. And, and frame it that way. You know what you can do for someone's day when you look at them and say, man, not only do I appreciate you, but that was amazing what you did. You changed someone's life. You influenced them. You built them in a way that rarely is done. And, you know, I see this in educational systems and companies. I go out in companies and I speak to companies and I do workshops. And I got to tell you something. There's not enough of us in the United States that are willing, that are willing to express our true emotions on a regular basis. 
Those people are going to get in trouble sometimes. I can raise my hand. Guilty as charged. But nine out of ten times, it's going to be rewarded. Rewarded with you building your ecosystems and those around you. We're too conservative, in my opinion, in this country with love and joy and expressing that to each other. When we have the courage, we choose the courage instead of the comfort, then and only then can we transcend self to reach our true potential. So I'll summarize. We can never self-actualize. In other words, be our true potential unless we go and help others first. When we help others, when we give to others, when we reach out a helping hand, then and only then will we reach our true potential. So Abraham Maslow had it right. And he's up there watching from the skies. The psychological gods are raining down on us and understanding that it is serving others that's going to take us to that next level of performance. The greatest quarterbacks in the world, the greatest major league pitchers in the world, the greatest forwards in soccer in the world, the greatest CEOs, the greatest moms and dads, the greatest people walking this earth are always looking to help others. When I grew up as a kid, we used to have this helping hand little sign that you could put in your front window. And we had one in our window. It was just a simple hand. And what that hand meant is you could knock on our door for help. You could knock on our door if you needed a sandwich. You could knock on our door if you needed anything. Where did that go, people? Where did that go? Where did that helping hand go? We need to put that back in the window, back in the window to let people know we're here. We're here to serve. And I tell you that as Dr. Rick Perea here at Think One in, in the United States, Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City, we are here to serve you. We, we do a multitude of things here. Look us up. I love you guys. I believe in you guys. And I trust you guys. You can always get your checkup from the neck up here at Brain Foreplay on Mental Mondays. Don't forget to join us next week. Same place, same time. To get your checkup from the neck up. Fortified by Foreplay. That's Brain Foreplay. And please remember to subscribe to this channel wherever you get your podcast.